Hello and welcome to the Bicom podcast. I'm Samuel Nerding, Bicom's research associate, and I'm delighted to be speaking today with our American guest, Robert Wexler, to discuss Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's recent trip to the US. Robert is president of the S. Daniel Abraham Center for Middle East Peace, based in Washington, DC. Prior to his current role, Robert served as a Democratic Member of Congress from 1997 to 2010, in which time he was an advisor on Middle East and Israel issues to Barack Obama during the 2008 presidential campaign. Robert, thank you for joining BICOM podcast today. Uh, thank you for having me, Samuel. It's a pleasure. Great. So obviously, Naftali Bennett has just completed his, his first trip as Prime Minister to the US, meeting with several members of the Biden administration, including the president. Most of the Israeli press described the meeting with Biden as very successful. Overall, is that how you read it as well? Uh, yes, I think it was successful from both an Israeli perspective and an American perspective. And most importantly, I think it, it sets up the relationship between the president and the prime minister, which is a new relationship, um, which is somewhat unique for President Biden because uh, he knows most of the world leaders uh, for years. It sets up the relationship in a very, on very positive footing. Um, this was the beginning of a relationship and it started positively amongst um, a very difficult setting, quite frankly, having nothing to do with Israel and everything to do with uh, events in Afghanistan. But Prime Minister Bennett, I think, was quite astute to take the attitude and demeanor that he presented to the president, um, that being one of pressing Israelis or Israel's interests in a, in a strong and resolute fashion, but doing it in a respectful and collaborative way. And the president, no doubt, um, very much appreciated the approach. Not everyone in the Israeli press uh, was overly impressed. Um, I'm kind of thinking about kind of more of your kind of right-wing commentators. Some noted that Bennett didn't meet with any American Jewish organizations or any Democratic or Republican politicians whilst his, he was in the US. Um, two kind of questions. How well known is Naftali Bennett in the US, obviously compared to Bibi, who is a very well-known figure? And also, given your knowledge and experience of the Democratic Party, do you think Bennett missed an opportunity to start rebuilding the kind of bipartisanship that many people say was damaged some severely under the Netanyahu years? Well, let, let's be realistic. Number one, President Biden is the leader of the Democratic Party in the United States. Let's not forget that. And Prime Minister Bennett uh, started off very strong with the leader of the Democratic Party and, of course, with a Democratic administration. Uh, Prime Minister Bennett spoke by telephone with congressional leaders. The meeting was, uh, uh, I mean, the visit was curtailed in terms of the public meetings, not because of anything the prime minister decided, but because of COVID restrictions and Israeli COVID regulations, as well as realities in Washington. So I think the, the critique that uh, there was a missed opportunity or that something else should or could have been done is, is not warranted. Mm -hmm. In terms of, of 
helping to restore a bipartisan foundation for American-Israeli relations, Prime Minister Bennett has been doing that since uh, he became prime minister. He deserves much credit for uh, recasting uh, American-Israeli relations on a bipartisan footing. It is somewhat um, duplicitous, possibly, for those in Israel, it seems to me, that criticize the prime minister for not uh, enhancing bipartisan relations when some of those same people are the ones that undermine bipartisan relations for the last several years. So I, I wouldn't take that critique quite seriously. And the fact is, Prime Minister Bennett has gone out of his way, again, consistent with Israeli policy and the goals of his administration, to reach out to Democrats, myself included. And I think he deserves praise, not critique. And, and, and on that first question, how well known it is Bennett in the US? I mean, when when he was elected prime minister, was your phone going constantly saying, who is this person? Because he's obviously not a, a well international known figure. Um, certainly here in the UK, you know, a lot of people are aware of maybe him as an education minister, but, but they don't know kind of his policies and his background. Um, how much is he, is he known in, in the US? Yeah, of, of course, uh, he uh, was less well known. Um, the, the, the truth is for the last decade or so, most Americans only know Prime Minister Netanyahu and to the degree they knew anyone else while he was alive um, was President Perez. Mm. Um, but, but once he became Prime Minister, those that are interested began learning about him. And that's why the visit with President Biden was so important because uh, it, it helped create an impression, no doubt for many people who are learning about Prime Minister Bennett. And the impression that was created is quite a positive one. And, and it can be built upon. It was a positive impression, both with the president, with the administration figures, and with the public. Hmm. Again, um, uh, the, the demeanor and the attitude and the overall approach that the prime minister uh, took and was consistent throughout his trip is much appreciated in Washington and in, in the circles that focus on American-Israeli relations. So the, the Israeli prime minister uh, deserves encouragement and we should be pleased with the outcome. Um, before we get on to the, the specifics of, of the meeting and what kind of President Biden and Prime Minister Bennett said. I just want to ask you about the, the Democratic Party. It's a party you were a member of for over 10 years. And, and specifically, the, the shifting sands of support in Israel within the party that have emerged over the last maybe five to, to eight years. Many Israelis were concerned about the impact the progressive vanguard of the left of the party might have on, on President Biden and his team when it, when it came to supporting Israel. I think... I don't know how my perspective is that Biden's kind of appeared to pigeonhole the, the more critical voices within the party over Israel. But what is the direction of travel vis-a-vis -vis Israel within the party? Should, should Israelis be worried about the kind of this growing pro-Palestinian movement which espouses making Israeli military aid conditional upon human rights or 
applying sanctions on Israel over its testament policy in the West Bank. Kind of, what do you think is the direction of travel in the Democratic Party, and should Israelis be concerned? Uh, I, I don't think Israelis should be worried. I think they should be aware and cognizant of trends in America, not just in the Democratic Party. But as it relates to President Biden, um, arguably President Biden has a longer uh, pro-Israel track record than any president in modern history. And, and Prime Minister Bennett himself uh, acknowledged that. Uh, president Biden's relationship, stalwart relationship with Israel isn't a new relationship. It is four decades long and it's not going to change. Um, that is a concrete, ironclad commitment, personal to the president. This is something he feels in his heart, in his brain. Um, as some people in the United States say, he feels it in his kishkas um, in terms of his commitment uh, to Israel. So I don't think there's any concern with respect to President Biden. But in terms of the <clears throat> overall trends in America, I think we need to understand what the causes, at least in part, what the causes of those trends are. Um, and, and this is how I see it. For, for some time now, most Americans have viewed a negotiated two-state solution as the North Star of American policy relative to Israel and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Of course, America's support for Israeli security and Israeli well-being is separate and apart from the Israeli-Palestinian question. But a negotiated two-state solution was the corner piece of a bipartisan approach, Democratic and Republican administration. Um, now, the Trump administration uh, was less obvious in that regard, but that has been the policy. And the, the reality is that as negotiations did not occur for a number of reasons on all sides, uh, many people in the United States, uh, particularly some progressive Democrats, begin to question, well, what's the policy? What are we for? And um, the, the reality is many people know what they're against when it comes to what they see um, happening in Israel. They know they're against aggressive settlement building. They know they're against um, certain housing demolitions or housing policies. They know they're against what they might perceive to be unequal treatment or certain inequities. So the challenge is to offer, and this is where I think the opportunity and the good news is, the challenge is to offer something to be for. Mm -hmm. And I believe Prime Minister Bennett is seeking in, in good faith to do just that. Now the policy needs to be developed, uh, certainly, and it, and it it's a two-sided effort. Palestinians have their obligations. But President Biden and Prime Minister Bennett no doubt talked about ways to improve conditions for Palestinians and Israelis in the West Bank. 
to um, advance uh, certain measures that would in effect narrow or shrink the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and to increase rights, advance rights for Palestinians. That's very important. Mm-hmm. And Prime Minister Bennett is talking about ways, and it's not just economic uh, policies, which are important in and of themselves, um, but the, the Prime Minister has taken a, a rather pragmatic approach. And we see, of course, that uh, Defense Minister Gantz met with President Abbas uh, just over the weekend, and that's a positive development. And uh, Palestinians uh, are themselves anxious to create improvements. Now, of course, that's not the total policy that's required, but it is essential to begin to rebuild some trust between Israelis and Palestinians and rebuild some positive momentum. The Palestinian people need to see some objective results from the policy of President Abbas, which is a policy of nonviolence. They need to see uh, dividends being paid uh, for the policy of nonviolence versus the policy of Hamas. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Prime Minister Bennett, in coordination with the United States, hopefully in coordination to some degree with the Palestinians and other international actors, that's what he's putting in place. And if he does that, and I believe that he, he will uh, continue to do it, then there will be great support in the Democratic Party for those efforts, and it will be welcome. And at that point, then, Democrats, Americans in general, will know again what they're for relative to Israel, which is improving conditions uh, in the West Bank for Palestinians and Israelis, narrowing the political differences, and preserving the opportunity for a negotiated two-state solution. Mm. The other issue that Biden and Bennett obviously talked about was, was Iran. It was what Bennett said, it was his primary kind of um, objective to speak to, to the president about. And, and President Biden was, was pretty clear on his message that the US is going to, or is prioritizing diplomacy first, but that they, they are open to other options to stop Iran's nuclear program if diplomacy fails. That is kind of what I think is a bit of a kind of a shift from maybe the Obama administration's language of either it's a JCPOA nuclear deal or it's a potential war with Iran. Um, do, do you think this admin is serious about the other options policy if diplomacy fails? Uh, the short answer is yes. And I think the longer answer, uh, I'm not so certain was so different than the approach under the Obama administration. Might be different language, mm. but, but we're at a different point in time. Um, you know, 2021 and the, Iran, the Iranian regime of today and the advance of their nuclear program today is very different than um, what was the situation under the Obama administration um, in certain respects. And obviously the Biden administration uh, has the benefit of the experience of both Obama and Trump. Remember, I think it's important that uh, we put in context where we are. 
whether one agrees or disagrees with the benefit analysis of the original Iran nuclear agreement, we do have the benefit of knowing what the Trump policy resulted in, meaning obviously they discarded the agreement, went with a uh, severe sanctions effort, um, and unfortunately that effort did not stop the Iranian nuclear weapon quest, just the opposite, it, it accelerated it. So we, we know what hasn't worked. And unfortunately, that's the dynamic in which President Biden is dealing with. And so when he says he's going to try diplomacy first, uh, I think he, it, it's clear he has you know, a, a total commitment to diplomacy. He's also realistic that the Iranian regime, now headed by a more uh, you know, zealot uh, person with blood on his hands, um, is, is possibly not likely to be a partner in diplomacy. So he's going to consider other options and he's gonna consider options all the way to military uh, options and everything in between. And President Biden didn't spell it out and he doesn't need to spell it out at this point, but certainly there are options that are in between diplomacy and military action that I think it's fair to assume the administration would advance those options before using military options as an absolute last resort. But it's important that, that the president and the prime minister had this discussion. It's noteworthy that the president made the comment he did in public. And I think it's a fair warning to the Iranian regime that they better get with the, the diplomatic effort in a more earnest way, otherwise they won't have that option. And it's very important. And, and obviously there's been criticism at time as to the American diplomatic approach, but it's very important that America at, at all times enhance its leverage relative to the Iranian regime. And particularly post the circumstances in Afghanistan, uh, it's even more important because it would be a terrible miscalculation if the Iranians perceive the events in Afghanistan as somehow limiting the Amer uh, America's options relative to Iran's nuclear quest. Um, it will not. And the president's resolve to make certain that Iran does not obtain a nuclear weapon is ironclad, it's 100%. He expressed that to Prime Minister Bennett. And in my mind, there, there is just no question that Iran will not get a nuclear weapon under President Biden's watch. It just won't happen. And all options will be on the table, but there are obviously many options that should be considered. Mm. You um, we'll, we'll see, you know, spoken about the Palestinian issue and the Iranian issue. Do, do you, which one do you see as kind of maybe the issue which is most likely to test the Bennett-Biden relationship going forward? Um, I, I don't see it in the context, frankly, either one of them as testing the relationship because I believe there is a understanding between the two leaders as to the best ways to proceed. And the ultimate objectives, while the timing might be different, some of the techniques might be different on both issues, the ultimate objection, uh, uh, objectives 
um, I think in terms of the short term are, are consistent with one another. Um, even the strongest supporters of a negotiated two-state solution relative to the Palestinian issue um, are realistic in understanding that we're not in a position to have comprehensive negotiations in the short term. So the question is, what do we do um, in the short term that can both preserve the opportunity of negotiations and equally important, if not more important, create uh, momentum for improvement for conditions and to narrow the political differences. And, and that's how we will ultimately put ourselves in a stronger position to advance negotiations when they are ripe, when they make sense. As to Iran, um, I, I don't see the United States and Israel coming to a testing or clash point. Um, first of all, the Iranian regime so far has not taken advantage uh, of the opportunity for serious diplomacy. And, and if it does, I think Israel at that point, which has no faith in the diplomatic process, at that point, they are going to want to know what the American commitment is for when the diplomatic process fails, either because an agreement is not reached or because Iran has violated the agreement. And I think that type of dynamic, that type of construct, America can, uh, for the most part, provide the answers that, that will hopefully be satisfactory. I don't see a public uh, uh, disagreement in any serious fashion occurring on the, the Iran equation. And in fact, given the current state of lack of diplomatic process, more likely than not, uh, I think it's, it's um, a good prediction that America and Israel will, will cooperate quite closely. Um, I wonder if I can ask you what you make of the, uh, the appointment of, of Michael Herzog as the Israeli ambassador to the US. What do you think he will bring to the role? Michael is an excellent choice. Uh, he is a, first of all, extremely knowledgeable uh, gentleman with decades of experience in military, strategic, uh, diplomatic affairs. He is a bipartisan, if you will, appointment. He can speak equally fluently to Republicans and Democrats. Um, obviously, uh, he comes from a, a remarkable family background, uh, uh, you know, the generations before him, and along with his brother, of course, who now serves as president of Israel. Michael is a uniquely qualified ambassador to the United States, and uh, he will enhance bipartisan relations uh, in, in, in a very significant way. And he is uh, a, a reasoned, an especially reasoned man. And he's the right guy at the right time. Um, and I applaud his appointment, uh, both in terms of his credentials and what it says about Prime Minister Bennett and Foreign Minister Lapid that they chose such a qualified, unifying 
uh, choice for ambassador to the United States. Right. Um, I wonder if I can just ask you a, um, just to kind of round up, just ask you a question about the kind of the overall trend position of, of American Middle Eastern policy. Um, you know, the JCPOA, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, um, the negotiations with Iraq about withdrawing all its troops, troops kind of reducing from Syria. Um, are we witnessing the decline or the start of the decline of the American era of leadership abroad and particularly in the, in the Middle East? I, I don't think so. And frankly, I, I think it may be the opposite. I, I find it ironic that um, some observers, many observers in certain respects, think that America removing itself from its longest war in Afghanistan somehow symbolizes withdrawal um, from our national interests as, as opposed to a wise decision under difficult circumstances that in fact will enable uh, more effective American engagement in the future. And, and I think that is what is occurring. America is, is creating priorities that make sense to tackle the challenges that we now face. It's no secret that America's relationship with China is, is of utmost importance. It's no secret that uh, our relations with Russia are at a very sensitive and difficult stage. And it's no secret that our partnership, our strategic partnership with Israel um, has, um, you know, has never been stronger in many respects. And the advent of the Abraham Accords and the new dynamic between Israel and the UAE and Bahrain and Morocco and Sudan and potentially other countries um, offers tremendous opportunities. Um, and the United States will, will play an essential role in developing that new dynamic. And America is leading in terms of preventing Iran from obtaining a nuclear weapon, but so far Iran is not participating in good faith. Um, America's financial commitment to the region, to Israel, to Egypt, to uh, other of our Jordan, uh, the president, President Biden, had a successful meeting with King Abdallah not, not too long ago. Um, these relationships are quite robust. <clears throat> so I think the analysis of American withdrawal is premature and wrong. Hey, Robert, that was great. Thank you so much for, for those very interesting insights. And um, thank you for joining Biocom today. And um, hopefully we'll have you back on in the future when, uh, when the next Israeli yeah. or when Bennett goes back to the U.S. You bet. Thank you so much, Samuel. Yes, Robert. Thank you very much.